You're listening to the Todd Rod God Pod, a podcast hosted by Pastor Todd Rodarmel and Drew Tilton, where we explore ideas of faith and what it means to have a sustainable spirituality. All right, everybody, welcome to Todd Rod God Pod, quarantine edition, day what, how long have we been quarantined? I don't know. I think we've been like 40 days in this thing now. 40 days. And the heat wave has hit, and I'm in Fullerton, and I'm sweating profusely. Yeah, I'm glad to be down by the beach. It's much nicer down here. Yeah, I'm sure. So, yeah, we got a special guest. Uh, he's been part of our church family. He's pastor and lover of people and does a lot of interaction with uh, Muslim people that he's friends with and knows from all over the place. And I kind of rely on him to help me learn more about not only just Islam, but how to share my faith with Muslim people. So I invited him to be here and be on our podcast. So Tim, welcome. Why don't you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about who you are and what you're about. All right. Hey guys, it's so good to be with you. Um, hey Tim. Happy Ramadan to you guys. Happy uh, Ramadan. Yeah. So I've been a pastor working in local churches for 20 something years. And the last four years, my passion has been to help the church engage locally with their Muslim neighbors, as well as look abroad and see what God's doing in Islamic nations and see how we can partner with God and what he's doing. And so there's more to that. There's many layers to that, but I love when we have opportunities to engage with other cultures and, and be learners and be listeners and, and to engage in ways that Jesus would engage. So I'm super stoked to be with you guys today. Love that. Uh, that's so cool. Yeah. Hey, Tim, why don't you explain to everybody what Ramadan is? Because me and Todd will basically butcher it. But <laughs> we, oh, sure. what, what is Ramadan? Like, I, I don't know much about it other than I think I know that Muslim people fast during Ramadan, correct? Oh, yeah. Ramadan is one of the five pillars in the Islamic faith. And it, it's a commemoration of Muhammad's first revelation. They're on a lunar calendar. So People may think like, wait, wasn't Ramadan like later last year or, or when was it? And basically it, it, it ships forward, it ships forward. So um, it kicked off yesterday and it's basically a month long, 29 or 30 days of fasting during the sunlight hours and then celebrating in the evenings. And so Muslims are fasting from food, they're fasting from drink, they're fasting from media, uh, physical relationships with people. They're fasting from any type of sinful behavior. And their their goal is for to pursue hmm. purity. And their goal is to pursue like a heightened awareness of God. They're really seeking God during this time. Um, hmm. So in many ways, it's a beautiful thing. It's a concentrated effort to focus their eyes on God. And right, right. all across the world, uh, Muslims in, in every part, every country, they're fasting and they're praying. And so it's going to look different. Not everybody, it's like Christianity. Not everybody practices their Christian faith the same way. And it's the same within right. Islam. So you may mm. see Muslims in Southern California different than you would see maybe on, on the news of someone that's walking the streets of Saudi Arabia. So we yeah, have to take I, that in consideration as well. A few years ago, I was in Istanbul, Turkey during Ramadan, and it was surprising to me because I, I thought it was, I, I always knew about the fasting part, but I didn't realize what a celebration it was at night where people 
yeah come out into parks and it just turns into this like after dark street festival <laughs> of people really? having picnics with their families and parks and it's like everybody's hanging out with all the relatives and the friends and it's just like one big almost like thanksgiving meal just but at, at least there it was outside and we, we went over to jordan and it was a very different experience over there during ramadan but yeah very interesting to me to, to be it's, in the middle there's, of there's there's so much community participation during the month and so everyone's waiting they're waiting for that evening hour when they can eat that date and they can start celebrating with their friends and family. And so this, this particular Ramadan, because of COVID-19, it's like our Easter celebrations, everything was changed and everything yeah. will be changed this month. So my family and I, we've been uh, having communication with some of our Muslim friends and we're asking them how, how we can celebrate with them because they normally mm. would invite us over to an iftar meal which is the breaking of the fast in the evening, um, which we've done in the past with them. And so we're, we're planning on doing an iftar dinner through Zoom um, this oh, coming rad. weekend with them and, and trying to figure out, and our friend Zara is going to send my wife some recipes so we can cook the same food they're cooking. And then we can, we don't know <laughs> how it's going to turn out, but we want to support them <laughs> in what they're doing. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that's yeah awesome. we went to one of those iftar dinners last last year with some of our friends from the Pacifica Institute for, with Murat and his family, and yeah. got to celebrate with them. They, it was they were so gracious, and uh, I actually learned a lot about fasting from how they fast. Like I, I, I watched, but like when we went to the dinner, I was so hungry and I was so excited that we were going to finally get to eat, but we just sat there with food in front of us for a long time and just talked and it was like more discipline and there was like waiting for the sun to go down and, and then, um, you know, just talking about the, the, the discipline of it and then the celebration of it. It was, it was a pretty great time. And you can see the joy that they have as well in that. Why do you think Tim, that we don't talk more about Ramadan in our country? Because you, I feel like even, in a secular sense, people know about Easter, people know about Christmas, and obviously there's been, especially Christmas, a huge secular movement of the way Christmas is celebrated. But why don't we talk about Ramadan? I'd assume that we have a pretty big Muslim population in our country. What do you think that's about? Oh, gosh, Drew, that's a loaded question. <laughs> that <laughs> Sorry, might I didn't mean be, to load it. That might need, need to be episode number two. Um, you know, if you were to meet people on the street and you were to say the word Islam, you would get multiple responses to that. You would get a variety of responses and the majority of the responses would be a negative, um, right. a fear-based response. Islam has a huge stigma to it because of terrorist acts and things like that. And mm. when we think of Islam, when we think of Muslims, Many people in the United States, many people in Orange County, think of lumping them all together. Yeah. Um, that every Muslim, if you're a Muslim that comes from Indonesia, you're the same as a Muslim that comes from Egypt or Saudi Arabia, or a Muslim from Southern California. They, we are all they, we lump them all together, and it's the same way that we would consider like, well, are all Christians in the United States the same? Are they all followers of Jesus? Do they all believe? The I don't same want to thing? be associated with all Christians. That's for sure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Don't exactly. lump me in with them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. So, so there's there's a reality in in that, and because of that, there's fear that's generated. And I always try to challenge people: we're afraid of things we don't know, and mm. and we're not afraid of a person that we meet. 
and we build a relationship and we build a friendship right. with. And so if I'm a friend of someone, I'm, they're not going to be my enemy. They're not going to be, I'm not going to consider them an outcast or a second class or something along those terms. They're my friend. And so the majority of Americans, I would say, have never actually had a conversation with a Muslim, hmm. that they've never even said hello to them. And so they're afraid of that. So there's that barrier. So when we talk about Ramadan, um, if we have relationships with Muslim neighbors, then it's like we want to welcome them and we want to we want them to seek God. Why? Because Mm. when we seek God, the word of God says that we'll find him. And so we want that. But I think many in the United States, many Christians were blinded by the fear. We're blinded yeah. by the fear, and that becomes just this huge obstacle um, mm-hmm. in this. So, Yeah. What would you say to the people that would say, yeah, they're seeking God, but they're seeking the wrong God? Because that's kind of that inner voice of the critic in my head. I feel like that would be the criticism. Is like, yes, they're using Ramadan to seek God, but are they seeking even the right God? I think that's a fair question. Yeah, you know, and I and I would say this. I I think it's an important question because people when when they think about okay, they're seeking God, but they're seeking the wrong God. Well, I think a lot of us seek God in, you know, we have everybody has a vision of what God's like or an idea of God, and sometimes it's conditioned by your childhood, sometimes it's conditioned by what you've heard in church. And right. most of it's wrong, and most of our life of faith mm. is learning that how we thought about God isn't how God really is. And we have to keep unlearning ways we've thought about God. And like, I believe Jesus is the perfect revelation of what God's like. And as Christians, you know, I would see that, that, that he's revealed a, a part of God that Jewish people didn't know before. And most Muslim people don't see that side of God. They, they don't believe that he has a, a son. And Jesus, you know, says he reveals the father as the son reveals a father. And so he shows us the character of God in a way that is different. And, and so certainly it's different in that sense. But if somebody's seeking God and then they they discover Jesus or they discover that God is just like Jesus, right. I think that's, man, that's a beautiful thing. And what I would hope for anybody, whether they're Muslim or Christian who hasn't really understood their faith or a Jewish person or somebody else, that when they see the God that Jesus revealed as the very image of God, that is what my hope is for anybody, whether, whether they're Muslim or, or not. So I love that. I was even thinking as you were talking, Todd, about the Apostle Paul. He's doing all this stuff to seek God in the way that he thinks is the right way. Obviously, you know, this is an extreme example of somebody doing it way wrong. But in his persecution of Christians, Jesus met him in that space, met him where he was, you know, even though he was seeking perhaps the wrong God. And the other example that came to mind was when Paul talks, I think it's to the Athenians, that there's a statue to an unknown God. He was saying, I know who that unknown God is. And as these people are seeking many gods, that Jesus can actually reveal himself in the midst of that. Yeah, I love what you guys are saying. And I think when we're talking with, and and I'll say Muslim friends, and it may be just uh, a Muslim that we've met on the street or in a store that we're trying to start a conversation with. I think many times, even in our Christian faith, we think the gospel is, the entire gospel is the end of Jesus's life. Hmm. When Mark talks about this is the gospel in the beginning of his book, And it's the entirety of who Jesus was. And so I always challenge the church and try to challenge the people I'm walking with. Don't start with the end 
of Jesus's life, but start with how he interacted with people, how he interacted with children, how he interacted with leaders, how he calmed the sea, how he controlled nature, how he interacted mm. with women. And because many times when we're speaking to our Muslim friends, we go to the death, burial, and resurrection. And believe me, that is a core principle that I believe and I stand on. But sometimes it's not the best starting place because I right, want them yeah. to fall in love with Jesus, someone that they don't know, because they know him as a good prophet, a great prophet, a great teacher, but they don't know him as a man, and they don't certainly don't know him as Lord, and they don't know him as Savior. And so I liken it like this. You don't all of a sudden see someone in the street and commit yourself to them and then basically marry them and continue on life with them and learn to love them, right? Right. And this may sound a little strange, but in some ways, you got to help people. You got to introduce them to Jesus and allow them to date Jesus. And this, mm. sorry, be a little weird. No, people. that's really good. No, I think that's awesome. Because, well, if you're gonna be being a part of the bride of Christ, like get used to the metaphor, it plays out. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but there's a, there's like a reality to it. So you get to know, and you're like, wow, I kind of I'm hearing I'm hearing their background. I'm hearing G these stories about Jesus, and I'm, I'm mm. gosh, I really like this Jesus. I want to spend more time with this Jesus. And then you get to a point that's like, wow, I love Jesus. And then I want to mm. commit myself to Jesus. And, and so I think it's many times in Western culture, we convert someone to disciple them rather than have the mindset of every person that we're trying to walk with, regardless if they know Jesus yet, we're trying to disciple them. So right. we disciple to convert. We disciple them to have that faith of their own in who Christ is. Well, and I think so much of evangelism that I grew up with was about apologetics and like proving and defending and like, here's why we're right and you're wrong. Right. Rather than rather than just exposing people to, like you said, to Jesus, which is one of the reasons that I, I think the discovery Bible study method is bearing so much fruit in the Middle East yeah. where we just read the gospels and say, well, what does this teach us about God? What does it teach us about humans? And what are you going to do to obey it? And who are you going to tell about it? And it's like, let the Bible speak for itself and let Jesus speak for himself rather than right. having to defend him all the time or prove that we're right about him. But like, let people fall in love with him. Like you said, he is yeah. lovely. He is the most beautiful human being that ever lived because he's the, the perfect picture of what humans were designed to be like as the image of God and on the earth. Yeah. So I, I always tell people, Todd, you don't need to defend Jesus. He's perfectly capable to defend himself. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. And and I think you I think you bring up a great point with the apologetics aspect of things. And people want to have I gosh, I need to learn everything about Islam and everything about Christianity and, and have a backpack full of apologetics um, right. that I can go. And I always challenge people, it's like, hey, you have a backpack, but when are you gonna actually take the backpack off and have a conversation with someone right? Um, because you can have all that information, but if you don't have a conversation with someone, um, it's kind of useless. And I would encourage if, you know, your listeners on this podcast, if they're thinking about having a conversation with a Muslim that they've met, or maybe a Muslim friend, maybe a coworker, whoever it may be, start with things that are in common. Start with mm -hmm. being a listener and a learner rather than well, my God is better than your God. Right. That, well, if you don't accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, then you're doomed. Start with some commonality and build relationship and build rapport. They want to talk about faith. Right. They want to talk about Ramadan. They want to talk about seeking God. 
and allow those relationships and allow that conversation to spur the next one. I always challenge people and I say, earn the right for the next conversation. Right. And, you know, if I was meeting with Todd and Tracy and I said, hey, Todd, dude, I dig spending time with you, but I cannot stand Tracy. Please do not invite her out to coffee next time because I can't stand her. Todd, how would our relationship be? Probably not not so good because I think something's wrong with you. Why would you not like a lot of people yeah. would be really awesome. upset with you? Yeah. And a lot of times, and I joke with that, but a lot of times we'll have conversations with Muslims and say, you know what? Muhammad is a false prophet and the Quran is a book of lies. And I just say, pump the brakes. That's not where we want to start. That's not where totally. we want to start. Let's talk, talk about faith and let's talk about culture and let's talk about life. And then slowly, I want to introduce Jesus and Jesus' stories and, and how he interacted. You know, they respect and they love Jesus. When If you mention Jesus or if even your Muslim friends would mention Jesus, they'd say, peace be upon him um, because he's dead. That's what they would say. I have a friend who teaches Islamic studies at the Islamic Center in Orange County. And he says, when we're talking about Jesus, he says, Jesus, peace be upon him. And I try, I'm not witty enough and I'm not fast enough to say, Jesus, may his peace be upon you because I believe he's alive. Mm, that's good. But Jesus is respected and build off that, build off what they know about Jesus. And that's very little, but let's, let's share Jesus with them. That's Jesus says, let me be known. Right. And I, I just feel like so much of what you're saying is that we need to check our motives, you know, when we're interacting with anybody, really, but especially with our Muslim friends, because I think we are coming with a weird lens for some reason where we're, we'd rather be right than be loving. Yeah. And, and that's just so the wrong approach. And that isn't what Jesus did. Right. He wasn't, you know, always concerned with being right. You know, certainly he had a moments to teach, but a lot of times he just asked more questions and caused more confusion. Um, but his goal, first and foremost, and always in everything he did, including coming to the earth, dying for us and being rose again, is love. Right. And yeah. and I think I, I don't know. I, I feel like I do this like so often I'll approach, you know, not necessarily with Muslims, because I don't know that I have any Muslim friends that I know of. I'm trying to think. But with everybody, I feel like sometimes I'm approaching that relationship with an agenda. And it's like, really, Jesus calls our agenda to only be love. You know, and when our agenda really is love, then we're we're approaching it in a, such a different way. Well, and I think on one extreme, people just come in and want to win an argument. But on the other extreme, you may have a friend, but you don't ever bring up faith or Jesus right. or talk about yeah. those matters because you don't want to start That's a not fight love either. you don't want. Yeah, we need to care about those things because they're important things to us and to them. And I think making natural conversation, it's only natural when you actually know Jesus. If you're defending Jesus, then you have to have a pitch and your four points or whatever you've right. got. But if you just are in relationship with other people and you actually care about them and you care about Jesus, it's going to come up. Yeah. Is Jesus truly the treasure in your heart? Mm -hmm. So often we just kind of go through their routines of like, yeah, I follow Jesus and I love Jesus, but is he truly the treasure of our heart? What do you mean by that, Tim? That he's, you know, he's, he's worth that we would invest everything that we have in knowing mm. this treasure more and desiring that treasure to be known. And that we're just like, even just what Todd said a few minutes ago, we have friends and we talk about all these things, but we don't bring up Jesus. Why? Right. Well, are we keeping that treasure to ourselves? 
we need to be sharing that treasure. We need to be expressing that, you know, and I mean, I, I, I deal with this in my own life. It's like, how often do I speak of Jesus uh, with my friends? How often do I speak right. of Jesus with my family? And I have to question myself, why didn't I bring Jesus into that? Why didn't I bring like the goodness of who he is and how Jesus would have responded in that situation? And, you know, and I, <laughs> I, I, I get frustrated with myself and that's not what God wants. You know, God doesn't want me to frustrate, but he wants me to, speak of his son and right. you know to get in the habit of doing that and i think the mm. more the more we get in the habit of speaking of jesus the more natural and more conversations we're going to have with muslims the more conversations we're going to have with our neighbors because jesus is intriguing right, jesus yeah. is super intriguing to people i think what's not intriguing are christians mm. christians aren't intriguing because he's not necessarily their treasure and so it's bridging those two things together. Hope that makes sense. No, I, yeah. I totally think so. And I, I was just, as you were talking, I was wondering, like, obviously there's a level of this that we can make it really general. And, and that feels kind of safe where we could be like, yeah, just with anybody. But what do you think makes it so specifically important that we pursue loving relationship with people who are Muslim in our country, especially? You know what? We, get, we have to go back to the word of God. And from Genesis mm. to Revelation, the story of God and something that Todd speaks on all the time is that God is in the business of restoring his creation and redeeming his creation, redeeming a people for himself. And that people does not just include North America. It doesn't just include Western thought or Western cultures. It, it includes mm. every nation and every tongue and every tribe and every culture. And that includes people of the Islamic faith. And so in the midst of that, it's not pursuing those people for the sake of them. It's pursuing a relationship with them for Jesus, because we want to see Jesus known in these places. We want to see Jesus known in the local Islamic communities. We want to see Jesus high and lifted up. In Habakkuk, it says, the knowledge of the Lord will cover the lands as the waters cover the sea. Well, I believe that. Mm. I, be I believe that with all of my heart. And so, mm -hmm. but what is the mechanism for that to take place? It's that the mechanism is the spirit of God working through his people to be light to this dark world. And right. so mm -hmm. if that's in Southern California, uh, across the street, reaching our neighbors, or that's across the world, reaching those that have never heard. I mean, I stand on the word of God in that, you know, Genesis to Revelation, it's the story of God. It's not a few verses. It's throughout scripture that God is desiring his name to be known. And you look at Revelation, you look at the Revelation 7, and you look at the banqueting table. and you know, we're making sure that our place is secure, but what about those who have never been invited to the banqueting table? That's what we want to see right. change. Yeah, Tim, so specifically at, you know, during Ramadan, you've got, what, probably a billion Muslims all over the world? Uh, it's actually probably 1.7 billion. 1.7 wow. billion. Yeah, it's, okay. it's roughly the uh, a quarter of the world's population are followers of Islam. Wow. That's a lot of people. That's that a lot, is of, a lot people. of people. Yeah. And so they're all celebrating this at the same time. I mean, that's one of the things that's interesting about this COVID thing is like the whole world is in the middle of the same crisis. It's one of the, it seems like the rarest, like, I don't think there's ever been a time in history where the globe has all faced the same 
situation of this lockdown, you know, all at once. But all over the world where there's Muslims, they're, they're celebrating Ramadan and this, this season of fasting and seeking God. How can we pray for Muslims and how can we be a part of what God wants? Because God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And like God wants the knowledge of God to cover the, the earth as the waters cover the sea. So how do we be a part of that through prayer in this season? Because if, if, as they're seeking God, how can we seek God and ask him to reveal himself? Yeah, no, those are, those are great questions. And when you think about Ramadan and when you think about the Islamic faith, so much of it is based on works. There's no hope for a Muslim. There's only that, gosh, I'm hoping that my good deeds outweigh my bad deeds. That at the day of judgment, that God would look at them and say, you know what? We're, I'm going to let you into paradise because of your good deeds. And so during Ramadan, they're striving. They're trying to basically get their house in order to make mm. sure their good deeds outweigh their bad deeds. And as followers of Jesus, we know that, you know, we're saved by grace. It's not by works. We can't boast in that. It's, it's what Jesus has done for us. And they don't have any concept of that. They don't have any concept of what Christ did to reconcile us to the Father on the cross. And so one of the main prayers that we would be praying for our Muslim friends and Muslims around the world would that they would be drawn to the Father. They're seeking, they're seeking God. Well, why don't we as believers and followers of Jesus pray into that? Because we know that in John 6, it says that no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. And so we're praying, we're interceding, we're, we're begging God, God, draw them unto you that they would experience who you truly are. And they, they would be able to see differently, that their, the veils in their eyes would be lifted. And another thing that we're praying, and this is an amazing thing, and I, I pray this, I honestly pray this for myself all the time that I would have dreams and visions of Jesus. Um, right, I am right. one of those guys that can't remember uh, a dream for the life of him. I, I, it just, <laughs> it's not who I am. And I pray that, but Jesus is revealing himself in amazing ways um, through dreams and visions in the Islamic world. Dreams and visions are such a, an important part of the Islamic faith that they believe that if there's something very significant, if they have a dream about something. For me, mm. it's like, oh, did I eat some pizza before I went to bed? And that was my dream or, or something. For them, it's like, no, this, this is a serious, serious thing. And I'm a firm believer that Jesus is currently wearing white because every time a Muslim dreams of Jesus, he's the man in white. And what he's doing, he's revealing himself and Muslims are questioning and they're like, who is this man in white? And they're reaching out, trying to find. And so we're like, I've got friends in, in Islamic countries that were going like, people are coming up. Hey, I had this dream about this man in white. Can you tell me about him? What an amazing mm -hmm. open door. So we're praying into that. We're praying into that. We're praying that the spirit of God would be poured over Muslims. You know, we want them to be delivered from the, the burden of striving and, and seeking to please God. And so we're praying into that. We're trying to intercede for them in those ways. And there's so many, there's so many things that God is doing. We were praying specifically last night that God would continue to use social media. So many people are frustrated with social media and all the different platforms that are out there, but God is using 
social media. He's using Twitter. He's using Facebook. He's using Instagram. He's using websites. He's using YouTube for his glory in these nations and these peoples. And I had a conversation with a friend of mine who is um, in the Arab Gulf. And I had asked him, what's exciting going on right now? And he said, you know, we have this Facebook campaign that's going on. And it is amazing how many Arabs are asking to study the Bible, how many Arabs are wanting to know about Jesus and hear more Jesus stories. And in the midst of that, he looked at me and he said, you know, but it's really discouraging as well. I'm like, how so? He said, there's so many people wanting to know, but we don't have enough people to tell them. And so his heart is breaking. And so he's like, hey, would you please pray? Would you please tell the church that Luke 10.2 says, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Pray that the Lord of the harvest would raise up more laborers to go. And so that's what we're trying to do as well. We're praying for more laborers to go to these barren lands where there are no churches. There are no followers Mm -hmm, of Jesus. mm -hmm. And we want to see that changed. Well, and all of those different medias are reaching into those places and opening new doors and opportunities for that. But what would people do? Let's say somebody here is thinking, well, I, maybe God's calling me to, to the mission field. It, isn't it more effective to have people that speak the language and are connected to do that? How, how would somebody from here even begin on that path, Tim? That's a fantastic question, Todd. I would encourage them to start loving their Muslim neighbor. Um, because if I was talking with someone that was interested in going overseas to work among Muslims and be a doctor in an Islamic country or be a nurse or be a teacher or be, I have friends that work in the surf industry working among Muslims because they love Jesus, they love surfing, and they just wanted to combine the two. Mm -hmm. But in the midst of that, I would say, Hey, who are your Muslim friends? And if they said, Hey, I don't have any, it's like, well, let's start right there. Right. Yeah, And you don't have to look very far and you don't have to be scared. All you have to do is say hello and then start being a listener and start being a learner. And Mm -hmm. I always encourage if I'm speaking with a woman or a mother and they're interested in building relationships with a Muslim, I would say, hey, go to the local halal market. And a halal market, it would be a basic Islamic market that is just like a Ralph's or an Albertsons or something like that. But it would have halal meats and things like that, where they're be purified within their culture. And I would say, go by the spice racks and just stand there and look confused because you probably are. And when you see a Muslim (laughs) lady come by, just say, excuse me, um, what is this and how do you cook with that? And I always say, guaranteed, guaranteed, you're going to be invited into their home to learn how to cook with that spice. And what is that? That's part of a relationship. Um, wow. And so I, I like to take new friends of mine to the local mosques to be learners and just to kind of listen. And I always tell them, hey, you're not cheating on Jesus. If you go to a mosque, <laughs> um, Jesus would probably hang out there because he wants people right. to know him. So I don't go there to argue. I go there to learn and I go there to try to build relationships. Now, Tim, as you're going to the mosque locally, are they speaking in Arabic only or are they translating into English too? Or It depends when you go. It depends when you go. They have some of the prayer times. Uh, it'll be a combination. There's always things going on in the mosque. Obviously not right now during the pandemic, but we would go an appropriate time where you can have some interaction. And so right. we'd sit, we'd sit, we'd listen. And hopefully have some conversations afterward. And are they trying to live stream 
prayer meetings and do that stuff too? Are they doing it like on Zoom? Are they doing those things now? You know, the plan varies from what I have heard from my friends within their culture um, and their Islamic traditions. They are not able to broadcast like we we would be doing, like Mountain View would be doing. I know there's, uh, I follow the Orange County Islamic Center um, on Instagram and Facebook, and they do Tuesdays and Thursdays, Heroes of the Islamic Faith. And so they mm. are trying to engage in their local community like that as well. It's the same thing. We're, we have Zoom meetings going on. We have all these different things. They're trying to do the same thing. But it's my understanding that um, the normalcy that they would have during the regular weeks um, is vastly different, is vastly different. Mm. And that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to figure out, like, how do we do Ramadan? Because it's such a community thing. And so they're even putting out videos, the short videos of, you know, allow this time, this changing time in Islam and Ramadan and with COVID-19 to pursue in different ways and, but still seek after God, but seek God harder and more passionately. Um, but it's going to look different. So, um, mm. and I, I cut you off in the middle of something you were saying, and you're probably never going to remember what it was. And get back to it. <laughs> it was probably really brilliant. And yeah, most likely, most likely it was really good. <laughs> well, Tim, Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. This has been awesome. And was there anything else that was burning on your heart to share? Yeah, I just encourage all the listeners of the Todd Rod God Pod. Did I get it right? Yeah, yeah. yeah that's all right, all right. That's really hard to say. Um, <laughs> I encourage all your listeners to step out in faith and try to start a relationship with a Muslim. And um, if they're having a hard time or if they need coaching in that, or they need someone just to come alongside them, inspire them, encourage them, I'd love to be their friend in that. Your email will be in the link below to this podcast episode. Awesome. So if people are you know, wanting to know more or wanting a friend to walk through the minute, because it can be very intimidating. I mean, the idea of going to a mosque for somebody who's never done that, I'd imagine can be very intimidating. So just having somebody to walk with them in that would be huge, Tim. That'd be so yeah. huge. And it's and it's always good to go with a friend. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Well, and Tim, Tim, would you close our time by just leading us in prayer for our Muslim friends around the world? Oh, I'd love to. God, we just we just um, thank you for your goodness, Lord. We thank you for your greatness, Lord. We thank you for your word, Lord. Um, that we know your word doesn't come back void. And we want to rejoice in that. We want to celebrate that. And Lord, we just lift up today at this moment in eternity, Lord, we lift up Muslims all around the world that are seeking after God, that are seeking um, to try to earn favor. And Lord, we know that there's nothing that we can do to earn that favor. Um, And it's all what Christ has done on the cross. And Father, we just come before you and say, Lord, we beg and we plead, Lord, that you would show yourself that 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 Muslims would be drawn to you, that they would come um, to a saving knowledge of who your son is, that he would receive the praise, he would receive the glory. And Lord, we pray, Lord, um, as we mentioned earlier today, Lord, that 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 your son would appear in dreams and visions, and and um, because of that, Lord, they'd be Muslims would be asking questions. And Lord, maybe we'd be so bold tonight or today or whenever we're hearing this, Lord, to ask that 
dreams and visions of 1.7 billion Muslims would be mm-hmm. Jesus focused. Mm-hmm. That Jesus would appear uh, a beautiful man in white that desires to know them. And Lord, may they ask mm-hmm. questions. And Lord, I would pray as well. Um, Lord, as you've told us to pray, Lord, that um, that you are the Lord of the harvest and we need to ask and we need to beg and we need to plead, Lord, that you would raise up more laborers to go to these foreign mm-hmm. lands, that you would raise up, Lord, that you would give someone a passion, not only for um, what they do, maybe their work or whatever they're involved with, but you would give them a passion, Lord, and see how their work and the glory of God collide. And that mm-hmm. um, that their work can be an act of worship, Lord, and everything that we do. And would you draw some, Lord, even today through this podcast, Lord, to the nations? Would you draw someone that is mm-hmm. a technician, someone is in, in healthcare, someone that is in teaching, someone that is in whatever capacity, Lord, that you would draw them to use their gifts and abilities that you've given to them, but use it for God's glory among the nations. Because our desire is to see you uplifted. Our desire is to see you praised and glorified in this earth, Lord. So thanks for this time, God. It's been fun. I appreciate, Lord, partnering with you in ministry. I thank you for these guys, Lord, and what they're doing. Your blessing upon them as well. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. 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 Thanks so much, Tim. Tim. That was super fun, guys. Yeah, that was great. And we're super excited for people to start diving in and being people who love their Muslim friends better. Cool. Yeah. And continue to join us on Thursday nights as we're praying during this season. And we're going to be praying for Muslims all during Ramadan as a part of our Thursday night prayer meetings at eight o'clock on YouTube. So what's the name of the YouTube channel, Todd? Uh, I think it's Mountain View Church. But if you type NBC Life, Mountain View Church, Todd Redarmel, you'll find it. Well, great. Talk to you guys all later and hang in there. I, we need to sign out, Todd. We got <laughs> to really nail this down. <laughs>